So today's title of today's message is your, your Jehovah Jireh moment. And what I think is cool is, is um, well, I'm going to explain it all, but like Sister Delaney, I didn't tell her what I was preaching today on. She has no clue. And because of who you are, it says Jehovah Jireh, my provider. And it talks about the different names of God. So I love it when God gives us confirmation that, that we're all doing what he wants us to do. So Genesis 22, 1, 18, King James Version. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. Yes, he replied, here I am. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire, for a burnt offering, and set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there, and then we will come right back. So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulder while he himself carried the fire and the knife, and as the two of them walked on together... Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. We have the fire and we have the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son, Abraham answered, and they both walked on together. When they arrived at the place where God had told them to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way. For now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. Abraham named the place Yahweh-Yireh, Jehovah-Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. To this day, people still use that name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called again to Abraham from heaven. This is what the Lord says, Because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your son, your only son, I swear by my own name that... I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies. And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed, all because you have obeyed me. Man, can you imagine being Abraham? That's what God asked him to do. So here's some points. First thing is you got to hear God. you got to know that God is speaking to you. you got to listen for God. And you got to be able to hear God before you can have your Jehovah Jireh moment, okay? So you ask me, how do you do that? And I'm going to preach a little fast today so that we're not in here too long, but I can do it. It's okay because it's God's word, but we're going to get through it. I'm going to hit you with it hard, okay? Because it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to break some stuff off and it's going to help you. So how do you, how do you hear from God? Well, you got to spend time with him. you got to read the Bible. you got to pray. 
You've got to start being obedient when he asks you to do something and he tells you to do something. You've got to build that relationship with him. Just as you build a relationship with your wife or your husband and your children and your parents and your coworkers, you've got to build that relationship with God so that you hear him and that you know his voice. Okay? So who or what are you listening to? Are you listening to, who's, who's influencing you? Are you listening to TV preachers? Now, there's nothing wrong with TV preachers, but some of the stuff that they're preaching isn't right. So you've got to be careful who you listen to. Okay, you got to be careful who influences you and who's who's got influence in your mind. Are you listening to what your friends say on Facebook or what Twitter says or what who says? That's that's a bunch of junk. That ain't going to lead you nowhere except frustration and anger and sadness. So we don't want to listen to that. YouTube and there's nothing wrong. Some of this stuff has great it has great applications. YouTube is great if you need to learn how to change a part on a car or you need to know how to fix something, but the rest of it, most of it's a bunch of junk and it's mindless entertainment that is there to distract you from spending time in this that changes things. Again, all in moderation. I'm not knocking it too hard. I'm just giving you the formula of how to know that you're going to hear God. Okay? Video games, all in moderation. This one, Hollywood, I like to call it Holly Weird. You just watch what's out there, it's a bunch of garbage. You know, and I mean, Randy and I, we sometimes sit down and watch, watch little TV when, you know, not a whole lot, and there's nothing wrong with that, but you've got to have balance in your life and your prayer life and your relationship with God. You need to put that a priority before you're just mind-numbing out and doing all that because you're not going to hear the voice of God if you're watching Six hours of TV a night. Not going to happen. Not gonna, your, your mind's going to be jumbled. Your mind's going to be confused of what's coming in. Be careful which, what you listen to, what your peers and your coworkers say and influence you. CNN, Fox News, it's all a bunch of garbage. Okay, Quit watching it. It's all a bunch of lies. They ain't, they're not in charge of anything. God's in charge. And everything that's going to happen from here forward, he's already predestined it. So there's no point in letting it rob you of any, any of your peace. Because guess what? Y'all can't do anything about it. And neither can I. But what we can do is get in God's word and work on our relationship with God. So be careful of the voices that you listen to. Number two, Abraham had to prepare for the journey. Think about it. When you want to go on a trip... Man, can you imagine? I mean, when I go on a trip, I got to make sure the tires are good, the oil's changed. I got to make sure I got my flashlights, extra water, extra food, make sure the kids are packed, they got their toothpaste, their favorite stuffed animal, their favorite blanket, their pillows. I got to know where I'm going when I'm leaving. I got to make sure I got money. I got to make sure, you know, Abraham, I'm thinking he had so much faith that he wasn't even worried about it. He might have grabbed the, the dumbest donkey in the, in the stable. You know, he probably didn't even care. He just probably grabbed the donkey grab some wood, all thinking at the same time, God's asking me to sacrifice my son. You know, and he had to stay focused. He had to prepare for his journey, and he had to stay faithful, and he had to have a sound mind while doing it. I don't think he did it with a bad attitude. I don't think he did it with a doubting attitude. I think he did it with a very humble eye on the mountain, eye on God moving forward. So, you know, can you imagine preparing for that trip? have to grab some food, get the donkey, get the wood, sharpen the knife, grab the thing. He had to think about what am I going to tie him up with? Was it rope? He had to grab all that intentionally. He had to think about it. Just put yourself, put yourself there in Abraham's shoes for a minute. It was a three-day journey. You know, I don't know what it looked like. I don't know if Isaac, they say that Isaac, scholars say that Isaac was anywhere between the age of five 
to 34 when this happened. They said that he was weaned, and they said that he was old enough to understand that they didn't have the sacrifice with them. So they don't know how old he was. So the conversation could have been, Abraham could have used it as a teaching moment to talk about how, God, how good God has been to him, and he could have just sat there and looked at the marvel of creation. The sun rises and the sun sets of a three-day journey while riding on a donkey. Who knows what they saw? They were in the wild, you know, and who knows what the conversation went like. Um, I went to my hunting property yesterday, and my cousin and I got a little aggressive, and we were wading in the river with our waders, and we were walking through stuff, and I encountered a bunch of snakes and a beaver and a juvenile bald eagle and some turkeys. I didn't see any deer, but the point is, is God's creation is awesome. And it's, it's just, to me, I felt so good being out there, pushing myself, climbing up things I shouldn't have been climbing up, and being able to get to the top and get back down. And then, you know, and I, you know it, was, it was nice just to get grounded in nature. So my cell phone don't even work up there. So, like, it can't reach me. You know, there's no signal. It's just the man and the animals and wild jungle trees. And, and but anyway, that's a side note. But I'm just saying... They're on a journey, and Isaac was old enough to know that they did not have a sacrifice. He talks about it in the scripture when he says, Dad, we got the wood, we got the fire, but where is the sacrifice? So they get there, bottom of the mountain, the three-day deal, four-day deal. God told him what he wanted him to do. He didn't question God. He said, here I am, God. And he was obedient. And he had relationship with God. And he did what God asked him to do. He prepared and they get there. Go to the next screen. So, there you go. You got Abraham, Abraham and Isaac at the bottom of the mountain. He tells, the, he tells his men to wait with the donkeys. And they begin to walk up the mountain. And this is in Scripture when Isaac says, Where is the sacrifice, Father? As they're walking up the mountain. Well, they can't see. All, only Abraham can see the top. He knows where he's headed because he's got his faith established. His roots are deep. He knows that God's in control. He already proved it to him by just giving him Isaac and all the other things that happened. I mean, he blessed Abraham, and they've been in relationship getting to know each other. But he can't see... On, go back to the one with the mountain, please. He can't see that God is providing on the other side of that mountain. So if you stay at the bottom, and you ain't even willing to try to start walking up the mountain of what God's asked you to do... How can he provide for you? Now, he could. He could come meet you where you're at. He could just make it happen. But you're not going to learn. You're not going to grow. Your faith's not going to be strengthened. So Abraham could not see that as they walked up the mountain, man, that ram was making its way up there. And I thought about this. How did God make it happen? He could have said, boom, let there be a ram. He could have made it walk up there. He could have put something there that attracted it. I don't know. I'd like to know because I've asked him when I go hunting, Lord, how do I get that big buck to walk underneath my tree stand? Because, Lord, I could get her done and I get back to doing things for you. And, I mean, I might pray like that sometimes, but it, it's happened a couple times that, you know, one just showed up. But nine out of ten times, that's not how it works, you know. But anyway, that's just a little side note. But God could not, Abraham could not see the other side. So they get up there. And man, I mean, he's there. Just stop and think about it. Asin, lay down here for me for a minute. I'll help you. 
He hurt his wrist playing soccer. Lay down on your back. Can you imagine? Just tying him up. Do you think he just sat there? Dad, why are you laying me on a why are you laying me on wood? What are you doing? I, I doubt that he just sat there. He, I, did he struggle? It doesn't say. But he tied him up. Tied him up. Did he tie him up? Did he wait? Did he wait and pace with the fire? Did he already have the knife sharpened? I don't know. Just food for thought for you guys of how it went down. But that's probably right. God was probably talking to Isaac and putting him in some kind of peaceful, peaceful place because he's part of the plan and everything was flowing. And he grabbed that knife and God showed up. Get up now. God showed up and God provided and he told him to not stop. He told him to stop. And there he provided. He provided the ram that was caught in the thicket. So the point of this message Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. What is your mountain? What's the mountain that you're facing? What is God asking you to do? What, what, is, he, what is He speaking to you? What is on your heart? What do you need? What do you want? What do you desire? What is your mountain? Is it salvation for yourself? Is it salvation for those lost loved ones, for those people that you care about? Is it Deliverance, I know that says deliverance, but we'll just go with it. That was my bad. I should have caught that on the proofread, but I like it. I think it's funny. Because you know what? We're all human at the end of the day, and as long as all of us are walking in shoe leather, we're going to mess up, we're going to make mistakes, but guess what? We're going to course correct, and we're going to keep it on cruise control towards Jesus and towards taking as many people with us as we can. But what is your mountain? Is it deliverance? Do you need delivered from something? Do you need freedom from addiction? I'm telling you, I am tired of seeing it when I drive around town. I'm tired. Of, it hurts. I'm not just tired of it. I am, I am I'm angry. I'm angry that, people, that, that, that addiction and the devil keeps taking people out, keeps destroying families. I don't like it. Makes me angry. Righteous anger. Righteous anger. Uh, you know, you've heard me preach about it. You can go into a come and go, and you can about buy any poison that you want. It's right there. And if you can't get it to come and go, you can go to White Oak. And you can get whatever you want. Right there. Super convenient. Give me a shot of this, a shot of that. Give me a pack of this. Give me a can of this. Give me some of these. I'm gonna Give me a lottery. Give me everything. It's all right there. What is your mountain that you are trying to get over? Because I'm going to tell you right now, none of the world's formula works. The prisons are full. The foster care system is overrun. The people are flooding out into the streets because the drugs have got a hold of them. The, the mental illness has come in and set roots. And the only thing that works is God and His holy word and His way. Is it your emotions that you need healing from? you got rage, lust, pride. I could throw so many more up there. These are just what popped into my head as I was preparing this message. Do you need a physical healing? Are you sick? Are you tired? Are you facing something? Keep on walking up that mountain towards God. But when he tells you to do something, you need to be praying to say, God, I want to make sure that I hear your voice and I want to make sure that I know what you want me to do. Because it's a cooperation. It's a relationship. He can use you to help heal your body. Okay? But he might want you to, to quit doing something. He might want you to quit putting something into your system so that your cells can do what they need to do. Okay? 
Um, it's called holistic healing, body, body, mind, and spirit. God created us. I'll preach a message on this sometime. But when you really break down our bodies in the way that God created us, he created your bodies with the ability to heal yourself. It to heal yourself. But what happens is, is all the stuff that's in the food and all the toxins and everything, in, in, it inhibits the cells from doing what they need to do. Okay? That's a whole other message. H2O. That's your friend. Just remember that. H2O, water. But what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? Do you have relationships that need to be restored? It's okay. Keep on believing. Keep on moving up that mountain. And every day, and let me give you, let's just stop right there on the mountain, okay? So when people, when people want to make life changes, and they say, I'm going to lose 100 pounds, or I'm going to quit doing this, I'm going to quit doing that, I'm going to start doing that, they get all pumped up, okay? And they put a backpack on if you imagine that they're going to go climb a mountain. I mean, they're going to hit it all in one day. I mean, I'm going to wake up on Monday, I listen to the preacher, I'm done drinking Red Bulls, I'm done drinking pop, I'm going to quit smoking, I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to read my Bible an hour a day. Guess what? You start that on Monday, Monday might be great, but you're gonna, it's, it's, that's not a successful model to do it. So what happens is people get all pumped up and you get all excited and you got all this gear on and you're ready to go and you've thought through and you show up and start climbing that mountain. And what happens? That backpack's heavy and you set these goals really high and you make a few steps, you get discouraged and you say to heck with it and you stop. And you stop. Just keep on marathoning it up. And God will move you He's the one that does it. He's the one that will let you leap up the mountain. Not you. He's the one that will let you make the huge gains walking up the mountain. But you've got to be consistent. Is your mountain lost loved ones? Is it oppression in your mind? Is it finances? Is it direction for your life? Just start taking some time and getting God's word. And you say, I don't even know how, where to begin. Just start. Start reading some Proverbs. Start reading some Psalms. If you're new to the Bible, read the book of Mark. It's a great place to start. Get in the Gospels. Start reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's great stuff. They give you perspective of who Jesus is and what he was all about. And it will change your mind. Jehovah Jireh, the place where God provided. The definition of provide is to give something that is needed, to supply something. The Lord always provides. So with that being said, Chris, if you want to come up to the platform real quick. I don't know if Delaney can, she can you know, sing something. Can you guys do Waymaker? It's 12 o'clock, but we got a few more minutes. So I think that is appropriate to close this, to close this service. Um, he's gonna, as he plays Waymaker, the song Waymaker... I think that just as a body of believers, and I don't, know if, I don't know if Brian could pull that up real quick. There you go. I think as a body of believers, it would be completely appropriate for anybody here to say, like last week, you responded to the preacher when he asked you if you was in crisis, and many of you stood up, and I, I hope, and I've been praying for you, and I hope that the Lord met you in that crisis. I hope that, I hope that, that it, you might still be in crisis, but I hope that you at least became aware that God is there and he's moving in your crisis and he's in bringing peace. So today, if you need, if you know that you need a Jehovah Jireh moment, it doesn't matter if you're not listening. It doesn't matter where you fall on this journey of you're not even hearing God. You're not even having a relationship with him. You're new to relationship with him. I would just say that 
just as a, as a body of believers, I think that, that anybody who wants that kind of faith that Abraham had, to just be completely trusting that God has it all under control, no matter what it is, that you can't see it in your own understanding, I would say we just come down here to the altar as a, as a whole and we just stand and just give it to God as we sing Waymaker. That's, what I, that's how I want to close the service today. So. You are here, moving in the midst, I worship you, I worship you, you are here, working in this place, I worship you, I worship you. darkness my god that is who you are you are you are way maker miracle worker promise keeper light in the darkness my god that is who you are you are here touching every Light in the 